Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. I am Drunken Rudo, joined as always by AJ Hayfley on today's show. The Avs fall 4-2 to two to the LA Kings in what was basically a classic hangaround game. The Avs just did not put their business away, let the Kings hang around and pay the price for it. Yeah, this was uh, basically a carbon copy of Game 2 against Dallas Stars. Yep. Um, they get up a couple of goals, and then they dick around. Uh, give give bad officials uh, give bad officials good reasons to call penalties on them, fall apart on the PK, and then lose in the third period. That's – I mean, that pretty much sums it up. I, the Cardinal sins here, look – you have a goaltender who's what played 19 minutes of NHL hockey before tonight. It was his first NHL start. And you give that dude five penalties to kill four penalty, five, five penalties to kill, including a five on three. Like no one is shocked. A lengthy five on three. Not like, you know, not like, Oh, 12 seconds of a five on three, where if they lose the face off, it ends up not mattering. Um, Instead, you know, Right. I, I mean, I think that's the point I'm trying to make, though, is, look, Hunter Miska is not a fault here at all, regardless of how you think he played. The dude's playing his first NHL start, and the Avs just kind of served him a, a garbage biscuit and said, deal with it. And he only gave up three goals on the night, if you don't count the empty netter. He gave the Avs a chance to win this game, and the Avs just didn't come through. Sure. I didn't have any. I don't have any problems with Hunter Miska tonight. Agreed. There, there are no. I don't think. I don't think he looked that great. All of the. Oh my God, Hunter Miska looks awesome. I, I, I wasn't seeing any of I, that. He was totally fine. He was fine. I agree. I have no. You're playing a third string goaltender at his first NHL start. You're just hoping to be competitive. They were. They. Hunter Miska did everything that you could ask. Yep. I. Look, I. I think that Miska made life harder for himself than he needed to. Some of the great saves he made were him scrambling around like a maniac. But at the same time, this Didn't... game was 2-1 Colorado halfway through the second period. He absolutely gave the Avs every opportunity to win this game, and the Avs just did not do the job. Which brings me to the part of this game that is just unacceptable cannot be okay going forward period full stop for the Colorado avalanche four shots on goal in the third period, a period where it was tied two two at the beginning and they just got straight up outplayed for the entire period. Yeah. I mean, I don't even think that I don't even feel like they got all that outplayed LA LA just capitalized. Sure. That was it, man. Like, they they created some good scoring chances. They they looked like they had better opportunities. They created better opportunities than the Kings did. I mean, you're you're throwing that. I mean, they got outshot eight to four in the third period, and one of those was the empty netter, of course. But it's like neither neither team did much in that third period. The, the Kings just put one on put one quality opportunity on goal that the Evs didn't. I'd- Look, I'm not even knocking the Avs' opportunities. I think they got good opportunities 
in the third period, but I'm sorry. They put two shots on goal in the first 18 minutes of the yeah, third well, period. And, that and, you cannot it, have that, period. It, it, wide, 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 yeah. wide, wide, wide. Uh, make, a, make a goalie make a save. You make Jonathan Quick look like a, a demigod out there because they're the, every everything is – Nowhere near the net. The guy's going side to side. He's diving all over the place. He's scrambling around like a madman. Like, I don't. I. I really just make the make the goalie make a save, man. Uh, it's very frustrating. Uh, Drunkenly throws the wrong tab. No, that that definitely didn't happen. I was like, where did Rudo go? Is he yeah. okay? It's. Basically, two-thirds of the top line showed up and whooped that ass in the first period. Landeskog didn't do anything. Blows the two scoring chances that he gets during the game. Yep. Um, this is the one. This is the this is the game that reminds you that Gabe Landeskog is just not on the level of his line mates. Not I'm not not putting a lot not putting a loss on him, of course, but he's just not he's not as good as the two guys that he plays with and. He, blow, he blows a couple of golden scoring opportunities. Should have scored on the first shift of the second period on the two-on-one with Rantanen. That would have made it 3-0, and they're walking away. You know, I, they're they're cruising the rest of that. Here, and instead, 2-0, and it's just, I don't know. It's Here's here's the thing, though. Like, yes, Landeskog missed golden opportunities in a game that he could have easily put away, and then at the end of the game could have tied and forced overtime, but he hits the post. But at least the opportunities were there for the third straight three out of the four games the Avs have played this season. Honestly, all four, even the 8-0 blowout. The Avs second and third lines are just non-existent. Yeah. Uh, second line tonight, Nazem Kadri, two shots on goal. Val Nachushkin, zero shots on goal. Brandon Saad, zero shots on goal. And Kadri missed another wide open net. Flubs an easy in, goal. Not in, not included in his those shots on goal. Him flubbing an open net. And yeah. the entire net, the easiest rebound is a pass off the pads, and just flubs it. And then responds to it immediately by tracking down the puck and tackling that dude and getting called for a penalty. And it's just like, okay, right. Like you're gonna you're gonna play like you're gonna play like shit. I mean, this is you know you kind of shrug it off that Kadri had a slow start last year. He's had a slow start this year, but it just looks bad. It you can't have your entire entire middle six disappear because Andre Burakovsky's not in the lineup. Andre Burakovsky yeah. isn't that player. He's not driving that force. Your your middle six just has to be better. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's not even just the middle six, man. I mean, even you you talk about the the fourth line was good tonight, right? They had good energy. Yeah, they again, were on, they were in the offensive zone, but no you production. see, this is yeah. why this is this is why they're going to replace these guys in the next year because can't finish anything. Yeah, Calvert had three great A opportunities that he just couldn't beat quick on. Yeah, like great, great job creating them, great energy, good all all that is good and well, man. But it's a good thing Calvert's already had his kids because <laughs> he's, he's not finishing anything else right now. Oof. 
We call it's, that an oof. It's it's just, Belmar. Belmar doesn't even look like an NHL player to me anymore. To be honest with you, his I think his, that, I'm I'm done. I'm over his it. Offensive zone puck management is just yikes. Yeah, he it's doesn't have the yikes. He just doesn't have the skill. It's bad, dude. Yep. And uh, Ty, like Tyson Jost, your process looks good. You're all over the place. You're doing you're doing this. You're doing that. Can't score. I don't it, know that Tyson Jost could score on me right now. It. Your process can be good for 200 games. If you put up zero points, it doesn't matter. Like, at the end of the day, you got to be doing something to get pucks into the net. And the Avs just were not in the second half of this game. I like that two nights ago we were huge homers, and now we hate the yeah, entire Avs Now team. Tonight we're going to get people in the chat like, why are you so negative? <laughs> Let's talk about something positive then. Nathan McKinnon looks like a straight-up MVP already. Seven points on the season is literally the only reason the Avs scored any goals tonight. Can he do no wrong? What What does Nathan McKinnon need to to help him out? I mean, Nathan McKinnon doesn't need to change a damn thing. <laughs> Miko Miko Randon doesn't need to change the damn thing either. True. The all two they have of them to do, together. all they have to do is if they they continue to play like they've been playing, they're gonna be just fine. Yeah, their their play on the on the on the power play was also good. They just the first power play unit did everything but score, and they even scored once. Right, so. they got one goal, and it could have easily been two or three more because they cre- they created plenty of opportunities. Like they played, they played well. They played well. I mean, you want to talk about um, a dude that that a dude that's you need to needs to step it up just a little bit. You need more from Kale McCarr. He's got in four games right now. He's got a three point night where he was dope, and then after that, he's just been okay. Uh, he's he's responsible for the blown net front coverage on the game winning goal, and he doesn't. He's not doing anything offensively right now. His ability to get pucks through in the power play has been lackluster to say the least. Well, and he's not—he's not scaring anybody because he's not driving anything. Yep. Uh, when he's on, part of part of what made him so good last year, part of why he scored twelve goals, is because he he got the puck and he would shimmy shake some fool. He would he would pull the Iverson nonsense, put some put some dude in his rearview mirror, and he would get eight feet closer to the net and he'd fire a wrist off a wrister off. And you know he's got a great wrist shot and he can get it through traffic. He can score. But it hadn't been happening. He's content firing one-timers from there, and he scored like one one-timer goal in his entire college career. Just, it just, it's just not really his thing. And I just, you know, I, I think you need to see a little bit more from from Makar. Yeah, I. The, it's not to, you know, it's it's funny because Makar's underlying numbers were unbelievable in this game. They were at one point. It was like he'd been on the ice for like thirteen shots for and one against. So I don't want to, I don't want to like drop the hammer on Kale McCarr and be like he's the reason they lost. Oh. This is this. There is no singular reason that they lost. Greg Patteron included. It's just that they had scoring opportunities that they just did not capitalize on. This is this is the difference though. Kale McCarr Calder winner scores points. Tyson Jost has good process. Mm -hmm. That is the difference between being an elite high-end player and being a player who's a quality NHLer, but is not the guy you're going to rely on. Yeah. 
I mean, you look at you look at tonight. Uh, they're all just going through the underlying stuff. They have the advantage in scoring chances, 24-17. High danger chances, 10 to 8. They've got uh, the expected goals for uh, advantage. They've got more shot attempts. They've got more shots on goal. They've they just throughout I, the entire game. They've got all these things in their favor at even strength. Zero they, argument. I, I think the Avs definitively outplayed the LA Kings. I think the Avs are definitively the better team, but it doesn't matter because they didn't win this game. I we can take our first period break at that point because I'm too drunk to continue going down this path. All right, fam, we have a new partner that you can support, Zoom Care. The one great thing that we can take away from a pandemic is the ability to do more things from the comfort of our own home, like this podcast that we're doing right now. Nobody likes sitting in a doctor's office or even going to the doctor at all for that matter, but we do all need to take care of ourselves. So what is video care? Video care is like a trip to the doctor just from your couch. You can see here and chat with your doctor, just like a traditional office visit, get secure access to urgent primary and specialist care, including mental health. So look, it's got you covered top to bottom. It, even most private insurers endorse video care. So they will take care of you. It will be covered by your insurance, usually with a copay. I'm not an insurance master. I'm not going to get into the details there. Visit zoomcare.com to get started. That's Z-O-O-M-C-A-R-E.com. Nothing better than getting a diagnosis from your doc while sitting in your own living room. Check them out today and see just how easy it is to take care of yourself. I just want I want us to design a, a situation where Rudo has to do more spelling live. Please on God, air. I barely made it through that. Been drinking all night. <laughs> barely made it through that dot com. All right, please don't do that. Like, when you started to struggle through care at C A R E, no, I got I got to the M and I was like, did I say three O's or two? I started I started feeling like I was watching one of those DUI videos from the dash cam of the cop where he's like. All right, I want you to I want you to say the alphabet forward, and you're like, okay, I'll sing the national anthem. No, you're ready. Like, Are you ready? Are you ready for this? No, please, please not. Z y x w v u t s r. I can't go any further than that. That's all I got for the backwards alphabet. I got to I got to R. That's pretty good. I feel like yeah. I did better than most. Better than I would I would I could do right now. Stone Cold Silver. <laughs> Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. We have Evan Rowell coming on the show, listening to my drunk babble. Let's get some actual <laughs> sound from the from the players instead of yeah. me here. Yeah, that was some need, babbling. <laughs> we need a we need a new cast for that couch because this this cast no. tonight did not get it done. <laughs> hey, happy birthday to Michael Hedden and Jonathan Quick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no more couch talk. All right, so let's talk about locker room talk then. What What is the vibe? What vibe did you get tonight, Evan? Uh, the vibe that I got was that they they felt like they controlled the play five on five. It's just they, they took too many penalties, and that's what kind of turned the game around, um, mainly in that second period. And then, and then from there, it was more execution. Uh, Bender was quick to point out that they attempted plenty of shots. It's just none of them hit the net, so... Um, I thought five on five, they were the better team through two periods. That third period was a little bit more even, I would say. And that's really all it, all it took when the game's tied at that point. So yeah, just disappointing to see that be the result after, uh, I guess playing 
a, a subpar team. Just for the record, um, at 5v5 in the third period, the Ants had 14 shot attempts, only two on net. Not good, Bob. <laughs> yeah, not good. <laughs> Speaking of, of Bob's, I guess he's not really a Bob, but I call him Bob sometimes because Bo and Byram, you, Bo B, you, you get it. I'm sure Chad understands. No, we're Jordan. not calling him Bo Bi. I don't care how <laughs> no. much RK tries to make forget, him say. Forget Bo Bi, Bobby, okay? <laughs> Not calling him Bobby either. I will also accept Yam because he seems to play with Kale a lot. So Kale and Yam is fine. That's so weird. Nobody plays with Kale, okay? Everybody is miserable when they have to try and ingest Kale. (laughs) It is a necessary evil. This is exactly what I'm saying. Other teams have to play already against Kale, which they hate. And then they have to play against Yam as well. Nobody wants to eat Kales and Yams, all right? There was two Kales in this game tonight, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah one of them is bad. <laughs> yeah. He spells his name with a K, so he's out. <laughs> in any case, Bone Byram's first ever NHL game. I liked it. There wasn't anything too special, but you could see certainly not a kid who lacks confidence. We'll put it that way. Yeah, I like that uh I like that he did not spend very much time worrying about anything. Um, this is this is what happens when you give you give a young guy with that kind of talent the confidence to go be who he is and say, "Hey, we're just going to get you in there." Um, there wasn't a lot of there there wasn't a lot of the tentativeness and hesitation you see from young guys that are just getting into the lineup. Um, but Connor Timmons, a great example of a guy that sometimes looks a little lacking in confidence with what he's doing, and it can be problematic uh, with Byram. None of that tonight. Yeah, he did his thing. You know, the defense wasn't amazing, but it's I, it's not going to be like he's not. It's not like he's an incredible defender in, in at the junior I mean, level either. But here's the thing: he didn't hurt the Avs, and you can see. It's not there yet, but you can see where the offense, if it comes together, is something special. Yeah, very aggressive with the puck. Um, doesn't have any doesn't have any issue moving it around, man. I mean, he's he looks comfortable uh, with him on the ice. All of them, all the underlying numbers are good. Um, the Avs were uh, they had a nine to four shot advantage, and the quality was there too. Uh, they, they he looks fine. I have. Uh, he's not the guy that I would be pulling off of that defense tomorrow to put Eric Johnson in. There are definitely two other dudes I'd pull before Byram. Those being Patterson and Timmons. Yeah, I would pull both of those guys out for tomorrow. Put Johnson in. Go back to twelve and six. Uh, assuming Burakovsky's good to go tomorrow, he did practice. I don't even give a shit if he's, he's not good to go. He's not. No. Yeah, they announced he's not good to go. Put, put, put Martin Kaut in. Yeah, I'd, I'd play Martin Kaut over Patterson anyway, but. Yeah. There you go. So expectations for Grubauer tomorrow. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> Anything uh, else from the locker room, Evan? Um, no, I will say on Byram, I thought he was good. Um, it's got to be your. I guess that was his second NHL shift, but to see Kopitar come down your wing and have to defend him one on one—that's you know—he's not offensively the guy he was once, but. He's a lot to handle, um, and obviously he took a penalty there. But 
thought he was good. He he wasn't afraid to push the pace to, I guess, skate with the puck. Um, he held on to it a good bit in the offensive zone. Um, yeah, I thought he was good. It's a good start, and um, I like that the staff didn't really seem to care about sheltering him really in any way. He was yeah. starting shifts on the defensive zone with Makar. It was just like, hey, let's see what this guy's got. I Look, if you can drop Byron in, Byram in and not have to worry about him, the Avs are in a good spot on their their defense of a bunch of moving pieces right now on the bottom pairing or whatever. Avs don't really use pairings, but whatever you want to call the, the bottom two defensemen. You throw EJ into this lineup, and life is good on the defensive side. Like, I don't... The Avs problems defensively. Look, obviously, Kale McCarr made a mistake on the, the game-winning goal. But other than that, their issues come from... They took too many penalties, and they had Hunter, Miska, and Knight, who you can't expect to make an extremely good save on the penalty kill. Like, the Avs' defense, for the most part, played fine on the ice. That turned yeah. in... I mean, after that stop on Landeskog to start the second, that turned into a typical L.A. game where it just yeah. grind. There was no pace to that game. Like, it just slowed down, and yeah, it was. Uh, that's how they want to play. It's another. It's it's the problem though is that the abs are letting teams do this to them. You know they did it last night too. They kind of played into it. They did They're it not, the first game of the season against it, St. Louis. They didn't, not at all imposing their will. Exactly. Right. Like yeah. they have flashes. Right. And that first game, even the blowout game, it took them a little while to kind of get it going. Yep. There were moments in that you know that the game didn't start eight nothing. There were moments in that game that could have turned things could have turned around and it could have been a lot closer, but. Um, it's, they, they just really, so far it's been, if, if when they're playing really well and because each of the, each of their, each of the games, they've had stretches where they've played very, very well. And if they're not getting enough goals to win the game in that stretch, they aren't straight up. It's we've yet to, I mean, I guess you could say the eight Oh blowout was a team effort, but we've yet to really see a full team effort from this forward core. Full 60, I would say. Full 60, sure. Well, and, and they really haven't had a good third period. The 8 nothing game didn't matter. Like, yeah, whatever. Game was over point. one yeah. minute into the third period. So. And then they gave up They gave up two in the first game to L.A. Um, you know, the, not all of that was, like, them playing super poorly. I don't think they played incredibly poorly in the third period tonight. They just didn't capitalize. L.A. did, and that's, you know. That's the difference, but they didn't play nearly well enough. You have to, you have to, you just have to be better than four shots on goal in the third period when you walk in tied. I mean, you just have to. This is this is three out of four games, right? Yeah, they got, and they, they got beat they soundly by the Blues in game one. Yeah, they were because they entered that third period down two to one, and it got away from them because they they continued their lazy, lethargic, garbage ass play, and then they let. In the, even in the game they won against the Kings, they let the Kings hang around, made it way closer than it needed to be. And then this one, the same story starting even earlier. The, the Midway through the second period, the Kings were hanging around, and the Avs... Uh, I, I struggle to even give credit to Jonathan Quick in this game, who has always had the Avs number, but the dude had to make four saves in the third period. I, the Avs just need to get the basics here. Yeah. 
go back to the fundamentals and stop trying to go top corner, whatever, and hit the net. It's not that hard. Yeah. I mean, put put pucks on net, man. Like, make, make the damn goalie get in front of a puck. Yeah, exactly. It's... It's pretty straightforward. Uh, the other player who was new tonight, Greg Patteron, playing his first game as an Av, he existed. I mean, whatever. Everybody, everybody losing their shit like he was god awful. He was fine. I didn't. I, I bet he plays tomorrow again. I thought he. I, was, I mean, I thought he was fine on the PK. Like it just was. How the I puck mean, kept finding him in the offensive zone made no sense to me, especially on that one shift in the third where the Az were buzzing and it just three state shots end up on his stick somehow. It's like there's got to be a better way. Yeah. I, look, I think that you got exactly what you expected out of Greg Patteron tonight, which is yeah. minimal puck movement ability and, and solid defense. Like. <laughs> I don't. I don't know why the seven D thing has to continue. Um, you it have shouldn't. Martin. You have Martin Count on your taxi squad. Just, just, just put a twelve forward in there. Put Bo environment for Connor Timmons. Um, Drop EJ. Or, or, you're good. Yeah, Eric, oh, yeah. Put Eric Johnson in for Connor Timmons tomorrow, and then whatever. Right. I, I have a feeling we won't see EJ for a couple more games. Yeah, I think you're probably right, but. You know, I mean, I, I also, I also don't think Cout is going to be the first guy to go in. That's just my opinion. Well, he obviously, if they were going to, they would have. But right yeah. now, on their taxi squad, um, it's Cout and Kiefer Sherwood. That's so, what I think they put in. I think they'd go Sherwood. But fine, put 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 Sherwood. I think, in yeah, fine. I I don't like seven D because there's no. You know, the guy who got taken out of that rotation a little bit tonight was Taves, and that's not what you want. Um, yeah, I, 7D just gets a little bit too much when, especially when you end up, you know, you play 7D and then you got Graves and Patteron out there together, and that's just not, I, that's not an ideal pairing. Connor Timmons played eight minutes and 45 seconds tonight. I don't think Connor Timmons was good tonight, but if you're not playing a D 10 minutes in a game, what is he doing in the lineup? Yeah, and if 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 the result is not, you're just double shifting Nathan McKinnon, especially when he's playing like a madman. What are we doing here? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's just there's a certain amount of value you need to get out of a player when like, you put him in the starting 11, lineup. Eleven seven is fine. Like on a in an emergency basis, you can get through. They're choosing to do this right now. They're actively choosing to do this, and it's like, why? Why? Yeah, I'm like, okay, so they've got multiple, they've got multiple defenders that they're trying to work in. Um, Patteron has had like two practices, I guess. (laughs) Even that might be like, I think today might the morning skate might have been the first one, but he got into the damn game, you know, and then. You know, Byram and EJ just come back this week. So, like, I get that they're they're There's like working some of these, sure. yeah, they're working some of these guys in, but Patterns it just, it just seems like just uh, quit with quit, quit playing just the tip. Go all in with this. Make a damn decision. Patterns had more 
numbers than practices. <laughs> yeah, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah, I was so, like, when five rolled out there tonight, I was like, who the hell is that? It's disturbing thought, how much he looks like Nate Gannon. <laughs> it is freaking me out. Like, yeah. it's even the way he skates and, like, holds himself out there, it's just like, ooh, I'm having, yeah, this is PTSD at this point. Yeah. It was very Nate Gannon-esque. And then he almost got an assist in the uh, in the third period with McKinnon out there. And I was like, I'm going to have to don- donate money to some <laughs> random-ass charity. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, we can take our second period break, which is sponsored by, of course, tonight, Breckenridge Brewery, the oh official beer <laughs> of the NBR. It's only Thursday, right? What's I know. Gonna, I know. Gonna be good to go tomorrow. We, we, we go. promised. We promised we we were gonna have a show for Byron's debut. We just thought it would be tomorrow. Yeah, we were expecting Friday, but I I stayed true to the cause here. Um, you can get your Breck Brew from the farmhouse down in Littleton. They have dozens of flavors. You can also check your local liquor store for what is out there near you. They have stuff countrywide not everything but quite a bit of stuff and of course you can always go down to the dnvr bar and get eight different flavors on tap there highly recommend you check out breckenridge brewery if you have not already and of course sponsored by strava craft coffee the cbd infused coffee that has really changed lives you can get that at the dnvr bar now i think i'm still not 100 sure i'll tell you when i go down there for Whenever I head down there, either Friday or Sunday this weekend, uh, cold brew that style. Or if you just like your OG coffee, you can get 20% off with code DNVR20 at StravaCraftCoffee.com. You can also get their subscription service. Excuse me for 20% off every single time you buy. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. Rudo AJ Evan. Chatting it up after an as loss that is just rough. It's just a rough game. It's just the game that this is exactly what I did not want to see from the Colorado Avalanche this year. You want to be a contender. These are the type of games you don't have. The game against the Blues I, lost 4-1. Look, every team doesn't have it some nights. I'm, I'm, I'm out on this line of thinking. I think you're... Of, because it's... Because it's I, I, I get frustrated with the idea that every game is like some symptom of a, you know, or some, some like piece of this huge puzzle, right? Like we need, there are 56 games in a season. I hear you. Is every one of them seriously like a symbol of something or is it just how things went tonight? And, and I, look. Like, but cup contenders lose games like this every year where, they just kind of play blah, and the other team sneaks a, sneaks two points out from under their nose because they got a little complacent halfway through, and shit didn't go their way, and whatever, whatever, blah, 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 blah. It, it does happen. And, and look, you have to put this in the bubble of, look, the best team in the league loses 30% of their games every year. It, it absolutely happens. You can expect that. But it doesn't change the fact that the Avs are 2-2 two and two right now. And yeah, look, I get it. It's early in the year, blah, 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 blah. One game doesn't matter, but. It's not that it doesn't matter, just that I don't know that it's necessarily emblematic of their status as a Stanley Cup contender. And, and in the long run, I don't think it is either. But when we're dealing with a small sample size, 
the Avs games include a loss where they clearly didn't have it against St. Louis, a blowout win that was never close, a game where they let LA hang around, but just kind of coasted to a win because they had enough and a game where they let LA hang around and it cost them. How many more games does it take of letting teams hang around to develop a pattern? I, I, I just wonder how the season is going to go because it's a lot of series. And the reality is if you play the same teams over and over again, you know, Coaching is probably going to matter this year, and I think it's going to be hard to beat the same teams back-to-back on a consistent basis. So it's it's to me, this is going to be an interesting season, and that's, I mean, we've already seen the abs have just basically split two series, and I wouldn't be surprised if that happens, you know, a good bit this year. I mean, at some point, there's got to be some separation. Like, yeah. The abs are the abs are in an easy division. That it, they should not be in any threat of missing a postseason or anything. And and that's my point. And one hundred percent, we're jumping to conclusions, or rather, I should say, I'm jumping to conclusions massively when we even bring up this conversation. But if the abs are five hundred by game fifteen, that's a problem. Yeah. So they have to create that separation at some point, and. Four games in, yeah, it's reasonable to expect that they haven't created it yet. But I think many people would also like this team to be three and one right now. <laughs> yeah, I would think so. So, um, I mean, I, I think the most disappointing thing is that we're four games in, and it already looks like Belmar's line is the third line again. Like this is kind of the problem here. And Bender called out the comfort line again tonight. Like, I mean, this is what, the, we're already in this here. Like. I, I get wanting Belmar's line to be the fourth line, but the third line needs to show up then. <laughs> like yeah, Donskoy played like five minutes at even strength tonight or something like that. And he was bad. He did yeah. not have a good night. So I Yeah, mean, I mean he doesn't Donskoy hasn't looked any good. I don't think Belmar's looked like he's bad. I mean, Belmar only Belmar only played about eight minutes even strength tonight. So I don't think he's looked like he's any good. Confer only played about eleven minutes at even strength. These guys, these guys just don't, don't look great. You know, Nachushkin played 15 minutes tonight. That's bad. You know, Stonehands McGee just can't be a guy that plays 15 minutes a night unless you are leading to nothing in the third period. Then that's okay. But when you need a goal, that guy can't be on the ice for you. Yeah. Also, why is he on the power play unit and not Brandon Saad? I <laughs> just it's it's just something that has annoyed me. Yeah, I mean, everyone's saying Comfort needs to lose the 3C spot, but it's like, who? Like, right now, I don't know who could be there. Like, Jost looks good, but he's not producing any offense himself. Like, he had another game where he didn't attempt a shot tonight. So, this is, I mean, I'm worried that this is going to be the problem all year long. I mean, Comfort is going to have his moments where uh, he's not playing Chicago this year, so that's going to hurt his numbers, but... Uh, he's going to have those games where he picks up, he scores I mean, in bunches. I mean, it's who just going to happen. But who had a shot tonight? The, the I know Saad line, didn't have an attempt the either. Top line had fourteen of the Avs' twenty-six shots, and Ryan Graves had four. Yeah. The entire rest of the lineup had eight shots on goal. Well, and four of those came from three other defensemen. 
So you're talking about, in terms of generating shots on goal from the forward core, Calvert, one. Comfort, one. Kadri, two. Nothing from Dominic, Elmar, Jost, Nachushkin, and Saad. Nothing. That is it. Not good. Not good. <laughs> and, and, and yeah, like obviously part of that is missed shots, but what are we doing here? <laughs> missed shots don't count for anything at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. You can't score if you miss the net. So <laughs> we also saw plenty of, I don't know. I don't know. Let me pose, pose this question to you two. Did the Avs settle for outside shots too much tonight, outside of obviously Nathan McKinnon doing Nathan McKinnon things? Um, I mean, probably, but that's also how the Kings force you to play. Um, and, and we've seen it. The Avs shoot from their point all the time. It, it's something that they constantly do. I mean, I, I the thing with the Graves that drives me insane is that he just, he just launches it every time. There's not a second thought. It's, that's the only thing that comes into his mind. So, um, yeah, I mean, they probably settled for too much outside, but the, the other lines just weren't creating anything. They could have gotten inside anyway, so I don't know what else you can do. Okay. I can live with that, I guess. How how then, if the Avs do like that outside shot, how do they, going forward, better impose their style of hockey on the opponent? Because skate. just skate, more yeah. skating all the I way mean, through. Honestly, when, when the Avs are when they're moving their feet and they're engaged in the kind of play that they want to, they almost never lose. Okay. I mean, how often... How often do you see teams outplay the Avs playing the way that the Avs want to play? Almost never. And then when the Avs get into these these other types of games, they're all over the place. They still win plenty of them. Like it's not it's not like oh they never win these games. They win plenty of these types of games. It's just that they're nowhere near as good when they get out on teams and they're they're running up and you know it's the run and gun. They're dominant, like legitimately dominant. When they when they're just out skating teams, they're great. Uh, they haven't really done that in four games this year, though. They haven't really. How how do I you? Thought get... They were gonna do it tonight. I mean, first how do you... period, it looks like it. How do you get there then? Look, the top line's clearly doing their thing. I mean, that's that's I I don't like getting into the conversation, but it's an effort thing. I'm not I don't like I don't like engaging in a lot of effort talk because it's so armchair quarterbacking. But I mean it's you're not moving your feet, man. There's there's no excuse. It's an effort thing. That's I just mean, work. Let's let's be honest. That goal goes in at the start of the second period and it's 3-0. You know what? You probably get away with letting off the gas a little bit. And you just probably like they did two nights ago when they had a three nothing lead. Right. But you have to get there before you take your foot off the gas. You can't just say, "Ah, oh, well, we're up to nothing and, and we're dominating this game. All right, let's go home. You have to finish the job. So the I, I think the good news there is the long-term outlook is there's basically no worries about this hockey team. They'll put it together and 
most of the teams in those Western Conference. You expect the Avs to handle on any given night. But right now, we're kind of just sitting here waiting for them to do it. Yeah. I mean, we haven't... You've seen the Avs at like 70% strength so far this year. Yep. They haven't... They haven't put together two good games. Yep. You know, they haven't, like, two, like, beginning to end, like, solid performances. It's not, they don't have to dominate all the time. So often you see people like, oh, you have to play 60 minutes. And what they think that they're saying is that that you have to dominate for 60 minutes. Otherwise, you don't play well. No, there's another, there's an NHL team on the other side of the ice there. You're going to lose stretches of game. You know they're gonna be they're gonna be areas in games where you get outplayed. That's just how it goes. There's an un, there's another NHL team out there, even if you are better than them. The standings don't care how well you play. They don't care if you beat the Blues eight nothing or you beat the Kings three two. It's two points at the end of the day. It doesn't matter how you get there. And obviously, playing better will get you a win more often. But you do what you have to do to win hockey games, and that's exactly what the Avs did not do in tonight's game. So I don't know. It, I don't think it's that complicated of an issue. Everybody knows the ads are capable of being better. They just have to do it. Yeah. I mean, at some point they're going to win three games in a row and it's like, okay, <laughs> like this is, this is a little better. Yep. I think that it just hasn't happened yet. Like they've, they've so far, they've just been bad. They've just been really mad. As a team overall, yep. The eight nothing, and we knew that the eight nothing win was going to color everything, right? In a certain way, uh, but it's just it, they had they had one really awesome game, and then they've otherwise been a really blah team. Agreed. It's been a slow start in a season where they needed a fast one, and that's through four games. It hasn't been fast, you know. The, we 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 break down you break down seasons in chunks of ten games. Uh, but, you know, when we get toward, we'll be that we'll be halfway there tomorrow night when we're doing the post game pod. I I look at it this way because it's a shortened season. Game six, you're over ten percent of the way done with the season. If the F split against Anaheim coming up, they're three and three at the one tenth mark of the year, and even then, we'd expect the Avs to be fine, but. This isn't a normal NHL season where you can get away with puttering around for the first twenty games of the season. If you're, yeah, I mean, I think, I think, just given the relative strength of the division, they probably could. Honestly, I think they can make the playoffs. Do I think they have a chance to win if they're playing like this for the first twenty games of the season? Yeah. No, I don't think they win the division. Yeah, we'll see. Does winning the division even matter? You're the whole argument there. I think it will. I think winning the division is important this year. Yeah. Because you're very likely whoever doesn't win the division, you get second or third and it's going to be, it's such a tougher road. So I think winning the division does matter. And, you know, the Vegas is off to a great start, but you know, Vegas has also had a couple of comeback wins where it's like, you're not going to do that all year. You might not be able to do that all year, but you know, the Avs just let the Kings come back on them. So, yeah, well, and the Kings let Minnesota come back on them. So, I mean, you know, this is what I'm saying. Right now, the, the division is 
It's just a big bowl of mess. Yeah, it's it's a mess for sure. And, and that's fine. There's still plenty of time for the Evs to separate themselves, and expectation is that they should. But they have to do it. We're not sitting here with the Evs 4-0, and 3-1, saying, look, if they, they take these games against Anaheim, they're cruising. Now, it almost feels like they need both games against Anaheim. I'm not even going to go that far. And Minnesota's at six points at three and one on the year. We all sit there look, jerking look, them again, off. Like, again, come on. I'm not making an argument for the Avs missing the playoffs. I don't think that's even in the sphere of reality at the moment. But Vegas has a hot start. You want to keep pace with them? You want to stay in contention early? And yeah, look, 20 games from now, I might be looking at this podcast and saying, well, none of that mattered. Everyone's close. The Avs are pushing for the top. But yeah, well, and, and this year, too, you have eight four-point games against that opponent. Yep. Like, the Avs are going to have plenty of opportunities straight up against Vegas where they don't have to deal with scoreboard watching. They're going to have eight shots at them. This is... I mean, the who's playing hot right now? Who's playing great right now? I mean, it's... It's four games. I'm I'm serious. It's it's. I get it. I get it. You're not worried. If had they lost all four games, I'd be feeling differently. You, you no don't doubt. Have time for losing streaks in in this season. You don't have time for that. But they're not. You know, right as of this moment, if the season were to end after four games, the Abs are in the postseason. Sure. <laughs> it's kind of my point. Is that? I hear you. I hear you. It's. It's whatever. At the end of the day, it's still a super small sample size. And the Avs are just fine, but there's more to give. I think everyone on this podcast believes oh, the, the Avs have a lot more. That's that's the, the they're two and two, and they they have one like good game, like an absurd game under their belt. They haven't had like a like a good performance where you're like, okay, that was that was a this is the kind of game that we can expect from the Avs on a regular basis. They just. They just haven't they haven't had one of those yet. Yep. The the first game against the Kings felt a little bit like that for the first half of it, and then they kind of packed it in a little bit, but I look, they play Anaheim tomorrow night. They don't get to sit around and stew in this loss. They get to go again in less than twenty four hours. That's the good part of the schedule is that you don't have to sit and think about anything. You're mad about how you played? Great. You have another opportunity to go back and do a thing. And again, with the with the way that the, the, the division is, they're going to be the more talented team the majority of the night. All right. Let's hear from the couch. What, what does <laughs> Evan have to say on this? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they get to go back at it tomorrow against the team they should beat. And, I mean, the whole back-to-back thing to me is – it's like a 45 minute drive. So I don't really think it plays into it. So I think it matters because El- Anaheim didn't play tonight. Yeah, it matters a little bit. And also if the Avs decide to go 11 to seven again tomorrow, then I'll be a little bit, you know, confused as to why they're doing that. But they yeah, just, yeah, 18 zero. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, they just, you just want to see some consistency and really just a full game. That's all you really want. And hopefully you get that tomorrow. Um, maybe playing in front of Groovy gives them a little bit more confidence. Who knows? I 
Sure. I I think that's kind of the topic with this game is there are so many ways the Avs could have won this game. You take care yeah. of business on the offensive side, you probably win. You don't yeah. give up stupid penalties, you probably win. And the Avs just found a way to lose. Yep. So stop doing that. Start finding ways to win. Any final thoughts beyond what we've covered so far before I go pass out? <laughs> nope. Not so much more to say about this one. Excited to, excited to get back to it tomorrow. I'm I'm gonna really enjoy the schedule once once we really get into that rhythm. For sure. I hopefully won't be as drunk for tomorrow's game. We can at least hope for that. Uh, <laughs> we'll think, see. If they start blowing blowing out Anaheim, we'll see where it goes. Yeah, right. I don't know. <laughs> it'll, Thank it'll you. be it'll be DMV after dark in a real big hurry. Yeah, I mean, I do. I would like to be drunk for a big win. That'd be nice. Like yeah. and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell if you want notifications every single time we go live, which is after every single Avalanche game and on 1 p.m. for weekdays that the Avs don't play. Appreciate y'all giving me the good vibes in the chat. We love all of you. Hope you guys didn't didn't hate the loss too much. Hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you for watching, listening, however you consume the podcast. We're going to get out of here for the night. Plenty of post-game coverage coming your way at thednvr.com. You guys will hear from us. I don't know if we'll be at the bar tomorrow or Sunday. I really... Allie has to let us know that. Yeah, we'll <laughs> let you guys know on Twitter where we'll be for, for the next post game, but hopefully we'll see you there. Have a good rest of your night. We'll talk to y'all after the game tomorrow.